For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, welcome again, everybody. It's Sports Business Los Angeles and Believe. I am Fred Wallen and uh, happy to have you aboard. Please email us, sportsfred at aol.com. And uh, guest one more time. And uh, uh, as knowledgeable guys, you're going to find in the field of sports media, sports business, Thomas Hofarth of the Los Angeles Times, Sports uh, Business Journal, LA Business uh, Journal. And Tom, you're driving, but you're parking. So let's start the show. How are you doing? This is Los Angeles where you have to multitask in your electric vehicles. All right, let's multitask. Uh, some interesting articles in your newspaper, the Los Angeles Times, last week or so. Stan Caston of the Dodgers indicates the Dodgers are not cheap. Fred says they are. What does Tom Hofar <laughs> say? Well, I think it's a little multi-pronged. I think they've always been in defensive mode since they rescued the team from the McCourt regime, which I really do think they did. Um, whether or not they did it for altruistic reasons, you know, is another thing. But um, when, when you talk about the Dodgers in the sports business sense, you have to start with the TV deal they have, this 25 million, 25-year, 88.6 billion dollar deal. That's that's basically an ATM for them. And you know, I don't know if they have to spend it all on players, but you have to at least look like you're you're being proactive in the business. And so the the thing that they were looking at in that LA Times article was about how the team was not trying to win the offseason. They're trying to win the regular season, and I understand how that works. Um, you don't need to, to grab all the headlines if you're going to go to a World Series every year, and I think they've done a pretty, uh, you know, pretty decent job of getting into the playoffs and advancing. Um, so I understand where that story was coming from, but I also understand why the fans can be a little backwards in their thinking in that, you know, it, it's not that easy in baseball. There's a bit of a crapshoot. You've got to just position yourself to get to these places and then, and then hope your analytics department, your scouting department come through. So the other part of that story that I thought was interesting was what, was one that preceded it that Bill Shaken had done about the cost it, it, it takes for a family of four to come to a, a sports event in Los Angeles. And it, it's basically you're at a point where you're, you're – knocking out the middle class in this and it's very much high-end people who can only afford these things so i think in that regard too the dodgers will always say we keep selling out our fans keep coming back that's our indication to us that we're doing something right the other fans who stay home and watch on tv or don't watch on tv will say you're not spending enough of this money um but i I did. I don't get a sense that they're in a bad position. They're just in a really bad PR position to me, and that, and that's something that they can't really dance their way out of, as long as they have this TV contract thing holding over them. And it's been six years now. All right. So the bottom line is this: uh, Garrett Cole from UCLA is the best pitcher in baseball. If he's not number one, he's number two, and I think he's number one. Okay. In the playoffs in the World Series, you can't afford. 
uh, to get off to a bad start. You can't afford to pitch a, a Rich Hill when he's injured. Um, and you you can't go with a fourth or fifth starter against other good clubs. They could have maybe had Garrett Cole. Maybe not. But I'm. It's there's too many of these guys that they offer just enough for the players to say no. And again, I'm going back to... 1993 with the Angels. I'm doing the the morning show on KMPC, and Jackie Autry calls me off the air, and she says, Fred, you're the only guy that understands. And I said, what, Jackie? What, Mrs. Autry? And she says, you know we don't really want to sign Jim Abbott. We're going to offer him just enough to, for him to say no, and that's exactly what happened. I think the Dodgers learned from Autry. And, and I mean that in all, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be flippant here. I think they're offering just enough. If, if Cole wants 35 from the Yankees, Dodgers are offered 33. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say, and a couple million to the Dodgers means not much. Uh, as you, you, right. indica- you indicated the $8 billion deal, $8.5 billion deal they had with, with the half a spectrum, which is more than $300 million a year, which would pay everybody's salary. Garrett Cole, right. uh, you know, uh, UCLA, I don't care if he says the, he's a Yankees fan. Whatever team you sign with, you're going to say that was the team I always wanted to be with, you know, because it's common sense and, you know, it's great PR and whatever the case might be. He could have been a uh, Dodger. And, again, it's been – you. you made a great point seven straight years they won the division in seven straight years they have not won the world series last world series win 1988 when fred did the post game show for five and a half blank hours so the point is <laughs> i'm a fan okay the average ticket price and you mentioned it according to team marketing out of uh, chicago and we, we and i've, I've uh, discussed this with chris hartwig the head of team marketing Baseball is the least expensive of all the sports, but still, right. family afford somewhere between $250 and $300 uh, to go to a Dodger game. And, you know, if you're bringing home uh, $600 a week, and say you're making $800 a week, $40,000, you bring home six, you're going to spend half of that. Uh, how many Dodger games can you go to? Tom, in the 60s, my dad took me to Dodger Stadium, and I don't remember if the tickets were one, two, and three, or three, four, and five, and I know about inflation, but. Sure. Parking parking wasn't twenty dollars. I think it was two or three. You know what I'm trying to say. My dad managed a butcher shop. He, that's middle class, if that. And that he could take me to 10, 12 games. That's why Fred's a sports fan. I believe that's why you're a sports fan. And the Dodgers can say all they want about the four million that show up every year, but that's more of the upper class. What about people who can't afford to go? Are they going to become angel fans, Thomas? So forth. Love your thoughts. I I think that the media has a huge influence on what fans it, it cultivates. And again, we were talking last week about the Lakers and Jerry Buss starting Prime Ticket, and people were worried that he was going to siphon off fans. He grew fans. And that, and the Dodgers learned that eventually, too, when when back in the day you could only see the road games you know, in San Francisco. When they started doing home games, there was this trepidation that this was going to you know, cannibalize their, their business. It grew it. And, and the fact that to me, the, the biggest thing overlooked in the Dodgers' $8 billion deal is that it went straight from Prime Ticket and Channel 9, Channel 5. They had a deal with the, an over-the-air channel for 30 games out over the air to those who didn't have cable. That's a huge population in Los Angeles that can't afford cable or, or a satellite dish system. You've now taken away every single game. The only time they can see the Dodgers is an occasional game of the week on Fox, uh, maybe ESPN if they have access to that, you know, cable channel, and then the and then the entire post game post game series. So, I, I it's it's hard for me. My kids now are are 32 and 28, and they can't readily afford to go to games where they live. And and 
basically it's it's you know they're in St. Louis and Portland, and then I have to try to find them tickets if they want to go because that's the only way they can afford it. And they, I know they consume most of the sports on television. So if television's still your prime motivator, and that's going to be your main stage, and you're in the Dodger situation where you're missing a generation of fans because of this TV deal, that trickle down effect is going to be in, insanely. Uh, giving them a black eye, you know, five or 10 years from now when they, when they really realize, yeah, we, we, we should have took more ownership of this thing. And, you know, whether or not, again, Stan Kasten can justify where they're spending the money on who they're spending it on or whether they're going to get just enough money, um, they, they've got to be more aggressive in a lot of ways, and fans don't see that aggressiveness. So I think that's that's the real issue, especially when you got the Angels in the next market, and they're you know going after Rendon and some other guys that that actually can could add value to their team. Jimmy Nelson, they signed for a million and a half, I think, plus incentive. The Jimmy Nelson people may not know him. A couple years ago with Milwaukee, I saw him pitch a few times. He throws 93, 94, 95 miles an hour, and he may be a good fourth or fifth starter. Garrett Cole might be the best pitcher in baseball. Dodgers made a major error. All right, talking about errors, let's talk about UCLA. Sports, namely football and basketball. Nothing else matters, folks. Football and basketball. Bottom line, since Dan Guerrero's taken over, you want a list of who he's hired? You might as well have thrown darts up against a wall. Carterell had never coached before. New Heiso had cheated everywhere he's been before. Mora was very average. And people are running out on Kelly. This week alone, Thomas Hofarth, two players with eligibility went on the transfer portal. One of them, a, a big offensive lineman, they don't have any offensive linemen, UCLA. They're running away from uh, from Chip Kelly. And the same thing in basketball. Bottom line is uh, UCLA loses to Cal State Fullerton. I'm sorry, Fullerton, but I have to laugh. Bottom line yeah. is yeah. that's Dan Guerrero, who's leaving in May, and I hope he's, you know, I, I heard he was ill, and I hope everything's fine that way. But as an athletic director, if you win women's volleyball, that's fine. If you win men, if you win men's soccer, that's fine. But the only thing that really matters, basketball and football. Tom Hofarth, we're on believe. What do you think? Yeah, and they're and they're they're banking a lot too on women's gymnastics exposure, yeah. you know, men's water polo, all the Olympic sports. I mean, UCLA will love to boast about their national championships, but none of them are in basketball or football anymore. So, you know, in, I'm trying to put my head, my head in in that of. A modern kid today, 18, who's trying to decide what school to go to. And um, I guess it depends on what your incentive is and, you know, what you want to get out of it in four years. And to me, a school like US, UCLA or USC, it, it's tough to match educationally. So athletically, they have a tradition. And that it's, it, it, I don't know, some people don't think that that tradition is even existing in their lifetime. I was having, again, my son, son explain this to me about how, you know, in his lifetime, UCLA and USC love to thump their chest about their sports, but they've never been dominant teams in his, you know, in his frame of mind, in his frame of, of, of being alive. And I said, well, you know, it, it, it just goes back. Notre Dame football is kind of in the same situation. I was looking at the schools in basketball that used to be great and are now average, like the North Carolina, Georgetown, Syracuse. You know, the teams that are – at the top of the college basketball polls are Gonzaga, San Diego State. I mean, when did the world get turned upside down? I mean, when did it become so 
so much of, a, of an easy way to get that kind of recognition uh, at a smaller school that has, I don't know, does it have more to offer because it's smaller? You don't get lost there? I don't. What are the priorities of kids going into college these days? Maybe I'm getting on this whole other track, but I'm trying to figure this out from all different angles because, like you're saying, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that the portal, the transfer portal, could probably be ranked number 15 in the Associated Press Top 25 poll right now just for the people <laughs> who are in there. It's a, it's a team unto itself that's pretty good. So I, I, you know, I, I try to look at the numbers because I always try to follow the money, and in this case, I can't, I can't make sense out of it. Well, I think Mark, you, may, you mentioned uh, the schools that are doing well on the West Coast. Brian Detcher down at San Diego State, doing you know, always has done a fine job as an assistant and a head coach. And Mark Few, of course, at Gonzaga, everybody's trying to steal him, and he's never going to leave. And the bottom line is, I think uh, college basketball is a coaching thing, and that's why I'm happy you mentioned yeah. North Carolina because I'm going to state the following. Okay, Roy Williams was an assistant at North Carolina, gets a job at Kansas, and he's a great recruiter. And they win for 10, 12 years in a row at, at Kansas. Then he goes back to his school at North Carolina, and uh, he's never lost. I mean, he's always up there. He's winning titles, whatever the case might be. Earlier this week, or was it last week, he does a media conference, a press conference, and he says, this is the least talented team I've ever had. Right. Uh, right. Apparently the only team they can beat is UCLA. But the, the, the point I'm trying <laughs> – but the point I'm trying to make, and they, usually, did. <laughs> and they did. The, my, my point is, the only—I th- mean, I've heard coaches say, you know, when we lose, it's—it's it's, it's on the athletic director, it's on the head coach, it's on the assistants, it's on all the players. I've never heard a coach say it's just on the players. These are 18, 19-year-old kids; they don't need to hear that nonsense. And again, when they win, who gets the credit? The coach. Who gets the money? The coach, seven, eight, he's making seven, eight, nine million dollars a year, and now he says he's got the least talented team he's ever had. Well, he recruited them, and now he's t- he's pushing them. He's pushing the yeah. blame on them. Your thoughts? Well, it, it, it made me flash back to when I was covering USC football back in the day when USC was out of its Rose Bowl rotation, and they're playing in the Freedom Bowl now out in Anaheim. Right. And they lost to Fresno State, and Larry Smith, the head coach, and he basically throws his hands up in the air and he goes. Logos don't win anymore. You know, it doesn't matter what the logo says. You've got to have the players. And I was like, wow. I mean, it was it was kind of a, an epiphany sort of moment, but it was also, I thought, stating a fact that, right, you can't just win on your, on your merits and your logos. You have to always be looking forward. What do the kids want out of their education? What do the kids want out of uh, their success? Do they want to become pros? Do they believe in a system and a school anymore? Do they believe in getting an education? Is that scholarship enough value to them? Um so, yeah, you, the coach has to take responsibility. When, when a coach like Roy Williams says that, he's pointing the finger at himself in a lot of ways and, 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 not, and saying that, hey, you know, I'm not doing a good job of this. So um, it, it, in the college basketball game, to me, it's so upside down because every year is, is, is such a tumultuous cycle. I, I think the coaches must feel like uh, U.S. congressmen or senators are always campaigning to save their jobs and not really doing their jobs at the same time. It's, it's just constant rehashing of, of, of keeping yourself uh, uh, viable. Um, so when you, when you look at that in the total picture, I, I, again, if you're following the money, uh, the money right now is in SEC teams, and it's in you know the national championship college football. It's, it's always going to have an SEC team there somewhere in the top four, two, two teams. And in, in college basketball, it's, it's – it seems like it's such a crapshoot every year because of the the talent that wants to, that feels it's NBA ready to go. 
So I, I these coaches to me um, have to be looking for college sports as a as a way for them to jump to the pros, where you don't have to recruit, you don't have to deal with these transfer portals. You can have an off season. I, I see to me these guys burning out on the college level, and I, I I don't blame them. Well, let me just say this: I've interviewed Roy Williams a couple of times. I've never thought of him as a great coach. I thought he's always been a a great recruiter. But right. that comment he made, I think, shows the true lack of character of the man. I'm sorry. I, I can never forgive him for that. And if I'm the father or mother of one of the kids playing for him or the father or mom of a high school kid who might be thinking about North Carolina, I'm not going there. And I think right. that's on Roy Williams. I, 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 I've never heard a coach say anything like that. I mean, you, you heard Larry Smith. I missed that. But, I mean, my point is I can't uh, – accept that I, I i won't forgive him for saying that and you know if you're cole anthony uh the, the bottom line is uh, you know you're, you're hurt and you're the star of the team and a coach says that i i i don't know it's just uh beyond belief well, it, it kind of reminded me it kind of reminded me too when joe torrey decided to step down as manager of the dodgers he just was like whatever i'm doing i'm not communicating with today's players and don mattingly's a little closer in age maybe he can do it but at a certain point, maybe you just don't speak the same language. You don't have the same priorities. You don't have the same values in what in what you believe a team is all about or what individuals can get out of it. So I don't blame some of these guys for throwing up their hands. But to do it in public like that, that's kind of throwing everybody under the bus, and, and it looks more worse on you, I think. All right. In our last 90 seconds right here on Believe, Tom Hofarth, uh, another bill uh, going through uh, Sacramento now, trying to put more stringent uh, rules as far as uh, – horse racing in the state concerned. I don't think anything's going to help. I, I think everybody's going to get, they're, they're going to continue to get around it. And again, I don't know. I don't, th- I, what I'm saying to you, I don't think uh, uh, whipping a horse three times or six times is why they're all dying of heart attacks. I really don't. I think uh, as far as astronics and Santa Anita concerned, I do believe part of it is because they fired the, uh, the turf crew, the dirt crew, and uh, uh, they tried to go on the cheap, and uh, horses started dying, and, and now they're dying again, and it's not stopping. I don't know. Is there anything that the, the state can do outside of outlawing horse racing that's going to stop horses from dying at this point in time, Tom Holforth? Yeah, yeah, it kind of feels like what the state of boxing had to do it, you know, when you start banning it from different states, and then it just sort of, it, it sort of finds itself in the states that will allow it, and, and the phrase I hate to use, or, and I hate to hear, is when you beat a horse to death. But that's kind of what they're doing with the sport. They're literally beating horses to death. And, um, you know, you and I talked about the, the ups and downs. We've all had fun going to racetrack and everything. But it, it's something I just I can't bring myself to really watch or see. I, I want to follow it because I want to see how it, it navigates through this thing. But um, at least... People are paying attention. At least they're staying on top of these guys. At least they're not letting them skate through. It, it seemed odd to me that that recently that uh, the uh, the investigation that went on by the California Racing Board along with the County of Los Angeles Attorney's Office didn't blame Santa Anita for anything. I mean, they kind of gave them a pass and basically, you know, warning, hey, you better get your stuff together. And, you know, we've already seen a couple horses die at the, the current winter meet, so... You know, who's to say no matter what they do, it's going to be fixed. And it's, uh, again, uh, those who love the sport, it's, it's breaking their heart. But those who see the reality of what's going on, it's, it's one of those things that you just have to, 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 you know, correct it in every way you can and stop making excuses. 
Tom Hofarth of the Los Angeles Times Sports Business Journal again and did a great job. We'll be back next week uh, right here on Believe. Drive carefully. Cover City's one crazy town. That's all I can tell you. Living there my entire young life. Watch out, Thomas. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Fred. Thomas Hofarth, L.A. Uh, Times, Sports Business Journal, L.A.'s Business Journal. I am Fred Wallen. Hey, I want to thank Mario. I want to thank Sports Byline for putting these shows together for us because, A, Fred is a tech idiot. B, my computer is so – AT&T has got – is my computer is so slow, I can't even do a podcast by myself. So the bottom, I would never be able to get Thomas on. So the bottom line is, thank you, Mario. Thank you, Sports Byline. And we'll see you next week across America and certainly in Southern California. Believe, and by the way, folks, listen to all the shows on Believe, not just this one. You listen to this one, too. But, I mean, listen to all of them on Believe. And we'll see you next week on Believe and Sports Business. Bye, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.